Okay, so I have several things rattling around in my head. They're all connected somehow. I'm not entirely sure how, but such is becoming more and more the norm for these recordings. But I can tell you where it started, and it started this morning. I was chatting with past guest and friend of the show, Podge Riley, and Podge asked me had I ever heard of terrain theory. And I hadn't. I, I was like, terrain theory? I was like, no, fuck, that doesn't mean anything to me. And he said, yeah, it's it's this weird thing. It's um, It basically says that Louis, was it Louis Pasteur? Give us two secs. And I'm back in the room. Yeah, I just had to double check that. Louis Pasteur came up with this idea of, I think what's known now as germ theory. And he posited the idea that there was little tiny microbes scuttling around inside of all living organisms and the bad ones are the ones that make you sick and that's fair enough but what terrain theory was was another theory that didn't quite align with this theory now terrain theory as i understand it is is incorrect was proven incorrect and isn't considered mainstream science i don't think it's considered a science anymore but i thought it was interesting and i like learning about things I like learning about things full stop but I also like learning about things that we've gotten wrong before so I like the way that Newton's laws of motion were proved wrong and I wanted to know all the more about them once I realised that they'd actually been proven wrong because they, they worked to a degree to quite a large degree you can use them they work perfectly for so much but they don't work in certain other scales. So I just I have an interest in in alternative views, even if these views are wrong. But I endlessly talk about framing and perspective. So I like alternate modes of thinking because I feel it broadens my own thinking. So I said to myself I'd stick what's it called? Terrain theory into Google. And I did. I stuck terrain theory into Google. And what I got was the thumbnail for this episode. You'll see if you look at the thumbnail that I typed in the words terrain and theory. And what came up was germ theory denialism. And it continues to say that germ theory denialism is the pseudo-scientific belief that germs do not cause infectious disease and that the germ theory of disease is wrong. Blah, 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 blah. Which is kind of fair enough. I've I've no issue with that description of germ theory. Of, that's a description of what germ theory denialism is in, and it pertains to terrain theory. But surely the first thing that should come up when you search terrain theory is what terrain theory is. And by all means, put in a this isn't considered mainstream science anymore asterisk beside it. But don't give... The first and practically only because all the other searches are something similar don't tell me that it's wrong without me first off being able to fucking read what it is because there's what's rattling around in my head is a mixture of censorship and narrative i think they're they're, they're probably the two main component parts of what i'm going to talk about because there are endless amount of narratives, and I know I've spoken about them at great length on this podcast, endlessly. But I've never really gotten down into it. So, there was a narrative up until 400 years ago that 
the sun went around the earth. And that was that was gospel. That was how it worked. The sun went around the earth. Earth was in the middle and all the objects of the sky that were rotating around ro- rotated around the earth itself. Until along came this cunt called Galileo Galilei and said that that's bollocks. That it doesn't. And he discovered what's now known as heliocentrism. That we go around the sun. So it was wrong. But at the time, the Catholic Church were up in arms over it. Because they had maintained that the earth was the centre of the universe. And that God controlled everything and blah blah blah. But that this Galileo Galilei cunt... He was he was saying something contrary to their narrative. And their narrative was the dominant narrative 400 years ago. The Catholic Church 400 years ago were essentially governments, tech companies, the pharmaceutical industry and corporate media all combined into one very unholy and apostolic church. And I can't remember the details of it, but... I think he was tried for heresy and they threatened to kill him and all the rest of it. They they did what they could to silence him and to make an example out of him to make sure that anybody else who kind of liked his idea, you know, would see what happened to poor old Galileo Galilei and wouldn't do it anymore. And as far as I'm concerned, there's been more and more and more of this creeping in to our society generally. And it's it's very much so becoming normalised. And it's funny because I had another somewhat completely unrelated example of the same fucking thing only yesterday. A friend of mine sent me a video of some guy on the town square in Navan running around naked. Fucking starkers. Didn't have as much as a pair of socks on. Actually, he wasn't completely naked. He was wearing sunglasses. But I can I can confirm that that is all he was wearing. And he was running around. I don't know what the story was. But it was, you know, because it was my hometown, I thought it was funny. I went to send it to a couple of people. And it was one of these videos on WhatsApp, you might have seen it, that had at the top of it, forwarded many times. So I clicked on the video and went to send it to two mates of mine. But it came up that I couldn't send it to two mates of mine because this video had been viewed so many times that WhatsApp were limiting its being shared to one person. I only wanted to send it to two people, so I said, okay, that's fair enough. I sent it to one person and then I sent it to another person. There's nothing stopping you doing that, but there is something stopping you from just blanket sending it to 10 people. And I sent it and I thought nothing of it. But then after I was thinking of this um, terrain theory censorship that I experienced on Google, it just reminded me of it. And I thought to myself, that's a bit weird now. That's, That's Facebook essentially who own WhatsApp and Facebook are a giant tech company. That's a giant tech company limiting my ability to forward something privately to friends of mine. Now, you might say, oh, who cares? And you might even go a step further and say, you know, that guy, he could have been experiencing some sort of a mental breakdown. He might have escaped from somewhere. You know, maybe they're trying to protect him. And maybe they were. I fucking doubt it, obviously. But even if it wasn't nefarious reasons that they did it, it's the fact that they're doing it. I don't care why they're doing it. It's the fact that they're doing it. They're impinging on my ability to forward what I want to who I want for whatever reason I want to. And in relation to some guy running around the square in Navin, Starkers, you know, no big deal. 
But what if it's about something that's going viral and has been, quote, forwarded many times, and it's something anti our government, or anti-tech companies, or anti the narrative that the giant tech corporation that Facebook is that owns WhatsApp. Maybe it's something that goes contrary to that. Maybe it's an expose on censorship. How ironic would that be? That's scary shit. Because there used to be a time back in the day where if you wanted to get your message out there, you'd nail it to the door of the local church or the local community hall. But these days, we have the online version of that. We have the digital version of it. But the big difference is that these online digital versions are privately owned. So imagine you have a message board in every little village in your entire country. And if anybody wants to say something publicly, this is where they post it. They write it on a piece of paper and they put it up for the world to see. And everyone knows what it is and they go and they check it out every day or every other day or once a week and they see what people are saying about different things. Now imagine that that billboard is privately owned and the owners of that live in a different country, don't give two flying shites about you or your community, but if something that you're saying isn't in their interest, they can just make it disappear. So nobody sees it. They have complete, total and utter control over what gets posted, when it gets posted, how it gets posted and who sees it. Like that's control that a dictator of old couldn't even dream of. But it's the fucking norm these days. If a giant tech company doesn't want something said about a drug that they produce or a fucking documentary or something on the news or anything... If they don't want it on their platform, they're a private company. They just don't, they can just remove it from their platform. They're not going to break any laws. Nobody's going to come knocking on their doors saying that you're censoring the population of a country. Explain yourself or else. Nothing of the sort is happening there. There is no internet police. The online world is essentially the wild, wild west. Large, giant tech companies can do whatever they want with impunity. And if by some mad, mad event, they ended up getting a slap in the wrist for it. The profits that they're generating would far, far, far outweigh any piddly little fine that could be imposing them. Not that they fucking have to pay it if it was imposing them. But anyway, that's individuals or companies or corporations or groups censoring what they don't want spread and not even censoring what they don't want spread having the ability to censor anything that's at root the issue like the specifics of what they're censoring i don't really care about it's the fact that they at a moment's notice can censor me or anybody else that's what i have an issue with but that's just specifically in relation to groups of people or organizations or companies it's not the general zeitgeist of a country. And I've spoken about this before, this idea of what I call cultural inertia. So there's, there's a lag between what has been the dominant narrative, new information, and us changing our minds. There's a lag there anyway, before fucking tech companies come in and start muddying the waters even further. A great example of this is if you Google how old is human civilization. 99% of the search results that you're going to get is somewhere in the region of between five and 7,000 years old. It's generally 6,000 years. And they'll start talking about Sumer and Babylon and Egypt and all these other different civilizations. 
that are approximately that vintage, between five and 7,000 years old. But we've known for about 15 years, indisputably, that Gobekli Tepe was an advanced civilization and that it was 12,000 years old. We've known that for 15 years, if not more. And there's no vested interest saying this, that it isn't, that there's something wrong with the science. Nobody disputes it. Okay, nobody really cares about it. But still, you're going to find out, like when you search how old is human civilization and you get the answer 6,000 years, they're not from websites 20 years ago. They're recent ones. And if it's, it's actually a very eye-opening thing. One of the websites that I saw was, um, was Forbes. Forbes had some article written about how old civilization was. And it was from two years ago. And it just goes to show the, the reputableness or lack of it in these companies that you would assume held themselves to a higher standard. That they can get something so fundamentally wrong and reliably all the time. But the point being, even if there's no vested interest trying to control the narrative and trying to censor it, I don't think Gobeki Tepe has been censored per se. It mightn't have been adopted as quick as you might want it to have by the the anthropological society or the archaeological society or, or whatever group of people this kind of stuff is their domain. It might have been taken up quite as quick, but I don't think it was ever suppressed to the degree other things are suppressed because at the end of the day nobody's really making that much money of thinking human civilization is 6,000 years old and nobody's going to lose out any money if you change the zeitgeist and you convince people that it's actually not only 12,000 years old but at an absolute minimum 12,000 years old so the point that I'm striving to get across here is we as a species, for whatever reason, have a hard enough time changing the narrative when everything is just left by itself. The natural order of things is for the change of a narrative to be slow. But what happens when you have tech companies sticking their big fucking noses in is that you extend that narrative, that change in narrative, you extend it indefinitely essentially if that's if that's what your stated purpose is or if that's what your not so stated purpose is you extend it indefinitely and when you can do that and when you can do it with impunity that's control you can't buy you can you can literally silence your opponents without your opponents even knowing they're being silenced when i upload something to youtube for example which is owned by Google, another super giant massive tech company. When I upload something to Google, what happens is I upload it to Google. So I push it upwards into the cloud. Google suck it off me. And they have it. But it's not online yet. Technically it's online. But it's not online in the sense that you can now go and look at it online. They hold on to it for a second. And they basically scan it to make sure... That you're not saying anything that goes against their narrative. Because if you are saying something that goes against their narrative. They'll just keep it essentially. And not share it with everybody else. Because why would they? It's not in their interest to promote ideas that are detrimental to their own finances. Like they have a legal obligation to make, their, to make profit for their shareholders. That's legally binding. 
there's no other such equivalent legal bindedness that makes them commit to being honourable or moral or decent or ethical or anything of the sort. They have a legal requirement to be profitable to their shareholders and everything else is fair game. I mentioned in relation to getting the vaccine that I left it too late to kick up a fuss over not getting it. If I'd been kicking up a fuss for the, for the last year and then I was told I had to get it or I couldn't go to a restaurant, I'd say, no, fuck you. Because I wouldn't have been able to go back on my fucking what I've been saying for the last year. And what I'm doing now is I'm making some effort to get ahead of the censorship crisis that is here right now. We are living it. We are in the midst of a censorship pandemic, for want of a better term. But it hasn't really impacted on us as much as it's going to. But this is the start of me really going after it. Because in a year's time, when it has reared its ugly head, and there are even graver consequences than there are now, when that time comes, I want to have been hammering on about it for the past year. Maybe it's two years, maybe it's five years, but all this censorship censorship shit is coming to a head. And I want to do what I can to be ahead of that curve, essentially. So, narrative, censorship, and control, I think there are the three main component parts of what I've just been talking about. I know it was a bit scattered, but as you can imagine, I'm only trying to wrap my head around it, and the next time that I speak in it, it should be that little bit more coherent, basically. I'll have a little bit more narrative put through it. And on that note, I'll chat you soon.